And we're back on the hunt with a Winchester's recap today. My name is Chris Barrows. And my name is Dan Cummins. Yeah, Chris, last night we we both sat down to watch the Winchesters, a supernatural prequel show produced by Jensen and Daniil Ackles. And man, you know, Chris, you don't love when I remind you uh, of, you know, the 10 year age gap here. But, you know, I, I was thinking last night as I was about to watch this show, I was 11 years old when I premiere of supernatural in 2006 it is now 2022 i am 28 years and i got to sit down and relive that magic thanks to jensen so um you know kind of a, a crazy concept uh, to, to think that you know pre-puberty i was discovering a show that i really loved and like to still have you know a few of the characters to still enjoy however many years later well into my adult life uh it's it's pretty remarkable so I'm, I'm excited to talk through the show with you, the pilot. There's a lot we can cover. Um, you know, this is a rewatch, rewatch podcast. This isn't actually our cup of tea, but I think we both felt it was necessary to cover this because as Supernatural fans, it'd be hard not to, right? We kind of have to cover it. We have to cover it also just for everybody who's listening. Um, we're recording this and pretty much dropping it immediately. And the timing was perfect because we just got past the, the episode where they where Dean goes back in time, thanks to Castiel, and it takes up take place about 13 months after this episode takes place. So it right. seemed appropriate to cover it. We are not intending to cover the show. There's going to be other podcasts out there doing it, and I'll certainly be listening to them. Uh, but yeah, this is talking about this show, The Winchesters. And uh, this episode, just, just to kind of hit it off, uh, directed by Glenn Winter, written by Robbie Thompson. This is the pilot, you know. Uh, and we got some great monsters, got a lot of things going on, but really this isn't under our traditional format. We really want to hit on more than anything. First and foremost, those first impressions, like what hit us about the show. And the first thing that got me, and I wanted to make sure we talk to it and we can get in characters, but the look and feel of the show, it definitely had a distinct feel it somewhat brought me back to the early episodes, but it felt, it felt like the decade it was taking place in, uh, it, the the color tones or something I took note of. And, and so the look and feel was more, dis it was very distinct. And, and I did like that from the beginning. Obviously the music is great. It's a great time frame for music too. So that's going to be obviously a really good thing about this show. Um, but the, the look and feel, and, and I want to note um, the sound. I, I think overall sound was just solid. The way that they do a little undertone of something, the choice of music in the background, everything just kind of worked for me in terms of setting the general scene. Uh, and so that, that jumped out at me right away. I mean, from, I wouldn't say the first scene as much as that second scene with a shot coming into Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, and, and to me, I was like, wow, this, and it felt familiar yet different at the same time, which I, I do think is a small accomplishment. Yeah. You know, cause there are, Watch podcasts out there and i think what you know you and i like to pride ourselves on is touching on the production of each episode of supernatural because there's a lot of flavor you can bring to a show with things like lighting like color grading like music like you know costume design um there's so many things that contribute to a show looking or feeling a certain way and i remember when this was announced or you know leaked as some people might speculate uh jensen talked about how He's making very deliberate choices to make this show feel different than Supernatural, but also use certain tools to make it feel similar. So I think you hit on it, those those orange, right? The very vintage film kind of feel to this show. 
Uh, Supernatural very much so was uh, using a green or a blue filter. And I think that was really to service, you know, the production that they were in. They were filming that in Vancouver most of the time in Canada. And so green, greens and blues, that darker tone, it really worked for Supernatural. But this is set in the 70s. And I think the general tone, the look and feel of that decade was, you know, is the era of flower power, the late 60s. Like everything was bright and uh, new and everything was fresh. And so I really loved the look in Joe itself. Uh, yeah, you touched on it. The sound design, the music references to certain music. Loved all of the little details on the production side of things, Chris. But what about the characters? How did you feel? I think maybe we start with the leads, right? Uh, Mary and John. But also we have two friends that are joining Mary. But how did you feel about the cast individually, but also maybe the leads? Yeah, well, I'd start with the leads. I think it's fair to start there. And they take up a lot of the screen time in the first 15, 20 minutes anyways. I think they they do a good focus on them. And then they let us other people into, into the show after that. You know, I, I thought they played off each other really well, which was one of the things I noticed immediately. I, I've seen comparisons last night that was comparing to, like, just a look she's she's giving John in the car is almost like Dean gives Sam a look. So uh, there was some kind of little things happening. I do think, uh, I thought they were both uh, overall pretty good in the roles. I In, in particular, um, you know, the character of John's such a critical character piece right and right up in front and center of this show and he he was played masterfully as far as i'm concerned um and then you have mary and i i saw i was i was seeing what people's reactions were a lot of people were saying they thought john was a little bit stronger than mary and i don't know if that's true um i can't say i i agree with it i think that they were strong together in the same way i talk about jensen um mm-hmm. and you know, and as and Sam and Dean, I, I think I, I think about it in the same way. Uh, but what was cool is I think watching that character and seeing him as almost us coming in, like, wait a minute, how does this work? And where Mary was the experienced one and flipping a script on us that we've seen before, which was great. So, character wise, overall strong, the engagement, um, they made me interested, and the chemistry seemed real. It didn't seem like it was forced and that that's critical because if you're going to have me watch 13 more episodes and, and we've, we've heard 13 episodes, you got to watch the 13 episodes because this is a complete package and, and to find out how it all connects 13 episodes, stick with us. If this had poor chemistry, it would have, that would have been tough. I, I mean, it's with, with these two core characters. So for me, that was the biggest thing. I'm not going to go comparing was did I like one person more than the other? Um, ultimately, I thought they played the characters well, considering who they are in the lore and who we know. Uh, and especially because some other actors have played them before and done it well. Yeah, agreed. The, the chemistry between them, I thought, was really great, Chris. I agree with you. Um, to your note on John, you know, I, I'm not that surprised that a lot of people feel that way because John is really our way into the story, right? We are seeing the world for the most part, from his perspective, we'll have to revisit that as more episodes come out. But yeah, I mean, John is obviously the most relatable character. Mary's been hunting monsters since she was a kid. Her two friends, uh, Lada and Carlos, you know, they have they also are in on the world of hunting. So, of course, John is going to be the most relatable, most well-written character. And I just have to say, Chris, that I really love how the show is approaching John. Um, you know, it's no secret if you hop on Twitter, most people absolutely hate John Winchester as a character. And, you know, I was just looking through statements made by Jensen and by Jeffrey Dean Morgan, and they both feel like John got the short end of the stick. Um, 
and I don't blame people for feeling that way. There's, you know, there are a lot of um, things uh, in the script that you could assume that John, you know, was hitting his kids. Now, I don't personally believe that John ever raised a hand. I think certainly he was very vocal with his boys and, you know, training them to protect themselves because you have to remember, you know, within Supernatural, John understands that there is a great evil in the world. And so he lives in a world of, of doom and gloom. I really love how in this show, though, and especially with uh, Drake's performance, we get to see the lighter side of John. Um, and they do that beautifully in some of the dialogue. Mary hands John a coffee at one point. And she says, I figured you like your coffee like you like your worldview. And of course, the coffee was very sweet. And so it was really cool to see that side of John. And it's quite the opposite. Mary actually is the one that sees the world in black and white. And so we're doing John some justice here, Chris. I still think a lot of people are not willing to forgive what John ends up being. But I think it's really critical that we show who John was originally, what he intended to be. And I think the point of this show is to ultimately show John's decline. Um, Drake actually called him a, a Walter White figure. You know, by the end of Breaking Bad, we, we really see Walter White, his journey sort of go downhill. He compares this show to, to that show. And so I'm really interested to see what they do with John. Uh, well, he has a line. Time. He has a line towards the end where he's talking uh, with his mother. And, and he says, he's talking, you almost, you, you're, you're almost expecting him to say the family business. He doesn't finish off the phrase. But, but he says, dad was protecting us. He already has it in his mind that what his father was doing was protecting them right. so he's already going down that path and I, and I'm, it's not necessarily a, a bad path or a good path there's it, there's a it's a great path but you know it that's what it is he sees what his father was doing as protecting so we get that line early well early in the season not early in the episode uh, and i think it's a critical line it stood out to me that he said dad was protecting us yeah you know and then his mom basically says come home alive you know but yeah mom doesn't stop him but um it is a question. His, his we're talking about his dad, and, and remember, because one of the things we're going to talk about in the show uh, is how does it mean to canon, um, and we'll get there. But I just want you to think about that line talking about dad. But can we talk about the side characters here? Because I really enjoyed them. I thought they brought a nice light to the show. There was comedy. There was serious moments. They showed themselves as capable. Uh, you have a character. Uh, uh, you have a character who her, our first introduction to her is in a library, and she's and and I get some sense of uh, Sam vibes from her because she's doing some research. She's mm -hmm. really smart. She's uh, someone they don't even want to take out on the. She's willing to take John out. She's like, all right, fine, soldier boy, let's go out. Right. Um, it doesn't. He's guys never hunted before and she'd rather take him than someone who's clearly informed about this stuff. So it goes to show you, it was really interesting. I think if I have to say, I know you didn't want me here, um, but here I am and this, and I'm going to help. And so I loved just that introduction. And then it got a little bit more of a charismatic guy who's maybe at some point not going to jive as well with John. I'm not sure. I, I feel like they will go different paths. I mean, he's very, uh, very different than, anyone we've seen um in supernatural for the most part especially as a daily you know an average character who they're dealing with on a daily basis like he's very different so these characters um really interesting uh you got carlos and latika who we've been talking about uh in those two characters so i don't want your take on them more but i i i, I jived it i was down with it um it's gonna be fun to kind of watch the relationships and how they build 
or deteriorate. I'm not sure. Again, like I said, I feel like John and Carlos are, are great right now, but as John gets more serious, does that relationship stay the same? Um, I'm not sure. Cause we know what John kind of becomes. Yeah, I think that's a fair question. You know, to be honest, Chris, I'm a little on the fence about our two um, side characters. Now, for one thing, I think they're necessary because if you think back to like the greatest sitcoms on TV and the romances within those sitcoms, the ones that really work are the ones that are within group dynamics, right? Think Ross and Rachel from Friends. Now, if the show was just about Ross and Rachel, relationship building can be kind of clumsy, right? But if you have other storylines going on, other characters for these two to bounce off of, I think you can establish that love story a little easier. Um, And so I'm glad that they're there. We have to remember that Neil has really talked about, you know, at the core of this show, it's a love story, right? We can't forget. It's not just monsters. It's not just hunting as much as Jensen would like it to be that. Instead, there is a bit of a love story uh, at, at the very center. And so I'm glad we have these two characters to help round that out. On the other side, and I don't want to judge it too harshly, Chris, because it's only been one episode. They feel a little plastic to me. They feel a little CW, like I think back to The Flash, some of the side characters, they just don't feel like real people to me. Now, again, it's only been one episode, and I hope those characters get a little more um, shine to them. I hope they get some opportunities for they, growth, as I'm they sure they will. They really get much growth in this, too, though, because they get thrown in at the end. So, right. I, 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 like I said, I think there's a good energy to them, but I, I don't disagree with you that they need more to them. Yeah. Um, my hope is you do get, and I don't expect this. I saw comparisons to Buffy, but they need to reach the level of that. Some of those folks get uh, on Buffy as side characters where they aren't on all the screen all the time, but they are so critically important. They have uh, layers to them, you know, and, and I agree with you completely. The initial vibe for me is positive, but if they stayed at where they're at, I would, I'd be bored. Totally. Yeah. And we have to mention, you know, the the representation that they're bringing to the screen is really important. Um, but let's not leave it at that. Let's not just throw in, you know, um, representation just to throw it in. Let's actually have Carlos, you know, have his own moments. Let's have Lada, as they're calling her for sure, I believe. Let's her, have her have her own moments, too. Let's let those characters shine in their own right. And if we do that, Chris, I think we're going to have a really fun show uh, it's similar to Scooby-Doo. You know, every character in Scooby-Doo has sort of their niche where they fit in. That's really going to allow Mary and John to develop a relationship to the point where it doesn't feel clumsy. And that's what I'm nervous about, Chris. There's yeah. not many comic book movies. And I'm using that as an example. It's really hard to get a good romance story in a comic book movie. It's going to be even harder with a TV show. So I'm really hoping those two characters will help the uh, the love story of uh, John and Mary here. And can I just mention before we can go go past characters and go maybe into some of our thoughts, predictions, and 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 on to that? Um, but Ada Monroe, an occult bookshop owner, this is the type of character you and I love. Yes. And I want more of it. I want more of it on like tenfold, like give me as much as possible. Because that's the type of character I want. Keep a character like that around as long as possible, even if it's, you know, reoccurring, shows up every once in a while. They're a phone call away. They send their book and whatever it is, that's the I've been waiting for that. Like, yes, that that the whole concept of having someone who's connected to the world like, oh, I've got some information on that Um, because they have no other clue on some of this stuff. So they need a a way to research things um, maybe outside your standard form of just a general library. Well, Ada's going to do that. 
Yeah. Yeah. I hope we get more people that they can turn to as resources. We have to think back to season one and season two of Supernatural, Chris. You know, uh, when they're looking for John, who do they turn to? They go to psychics. They go to old hunter friends. So I'm really hoping for supernatural characters that aren't just hunters. We've already got three hunters now, if you include John. So, yeah, let's meet some other um, tradesmen, if you will, within the paranormal uh, and, and, you know, let's, let's see how they can help this, uh, this, this gang of, of hunters. I'm really excited to see how they expand the universe here. Yeah. Now, so we've covered obviously characters, we've covered kind of the vibe. Um, we've talked about the music the music was fantastic. The, the way songs come in and I always talk, I always go back and it sounds ancient, but I go back to when I was a, a kid and remember, and this was, this was old then. But it's like people talked about Peter Rabbit and the way that you use music and Peter Rabbit to tell the story um, or, you know, and, and, and all these other things like music was used beautifully here. You had music come in uh, around really key family moments around the Winchesters when we've got a moment between our two main characters that kind of tugs at your heartstrings a little bit. You, you hear it, you're like, oh, I know what that is. Um, and then also just the conversation music. Dean, even at the end, as an, our narrator says, I'll pick the music. And, and we get these little nice moments like that. It can't all be, let's call back to Supernatural. It has to live on its own. This one had a decent balance, I think, of calling back and being its own. And it welcomed me. I guess this is my biggest thing. It welcomed me into the world without making me feel like I had to have watched Supernatural. And I think that's important because if this goes well, it connects the dots at the end. Again, folks, give it 13 episodes. Whether you love it or hate it at the first one, let's give it 13 episodes because he says there's a connection. Now, um, I think it's an introduction, though, that someone might want to watch Supernatural. And, and that's cool to me. So it does feel its own thing enough. I hope in the long run, the little references are there and they can live there, but they should continue to be small. Uh, and and it, it can't become where, all right, what reference are we going to get this time while still introducing maybe some old friends, maybe a young Bobby at one point. You know, you never know who else we might run into. You just you just hit on the biggest challenge that I think the show has in front of it, Chris, is how do we honor the original while simultaneously creating a show, a world, a universe, if you will, that has its own story that's modern and fresh. Completely sidebar here, Chris, but I was watching Hocus Pocus 2 on Disney+. Plus. If you guys are a fan of the original, please go check that one out on Disney+. Plus. Uh, it's incredible, Chris, and it, because it does everything it needs to to honor the original. It is sort of a prequel story, at least for part of the movie, Chris. And as it develops, it's, it's bringing back core characters when it needs to, but then it's telling a unique, fresh, modern story uh, in the latter half of the movie. And as I was watching it, I thought, man, if the Winchester, sure, just a little bit of this. Um, we're all, we're all going to be very happy with the final product. So with you, there is a very fine balance between what do we need to do with Easter eggs versus what can we do to establish our own story? The hot thing right now, Chris is believing that Castiel is going to make an appearance. I personally don't think so. I think Jensen is going to leave angels alone. I think from what I've seen, he wants to go back to the roots. I've heard that there's going to be a monster of the week sort of approach to this one, Chris, very season one, season two, which, you know, I think you and I are very happy about. They're going to keep it uh, a smaller scale, I think. Um, but, you know, there are some fun Easter eggs. Like you said, with the music, we have the Winchester theme when John is talking to his mom. Uh, we have Dean's theme. Uh, we also have those really great, like, transitioning scene guitar riff 
uh, sounds, Chris, and you know what I'm talking about. It's like a five to 10 second riff that takes us from one scene to another. So I'm, I'm I agree. welcoming. It's very familiar in the way that it's structuring the story, but at the same time, they are creating uh, new journeys for our characters to go on. And so I hope anybody that watched this first episode that hasn't seen Supernatural, I hope it did its job in um, promoting Supernatural, but also keeping you attached and on the hook to the Winchesters. Uh, per personally, Chris, I'm looking forward to episode two. I'm going to watch the whole thing um, and probably talk you know, to you on the side about how we're liking it. So I think it's doing a good job so far. We have to keep that balance, though. We have to keep this a separate thing while also capturing the same magic that Supernatural was able to establish. If we do that, we're in good hands. Yeah, and by the way, you mentioned Scooby-Doo before, but it, I, it, you, you couldn't help but think about it. I've read it all over the place about the fact that you got John, Mary, Carlos, and Lata, and, and she's kind of got the Velma bookworm thing. Carlos kind of a hippie. I mean, it, you've it, the Scooby-Doo gang reference fits the show, so it works. You do still have to keep it from the vein of, say realism in, in a monster world but you, mm -hmm. you kind of know what i mean um a lot of great references in this one i encourage people to go look the but i wanted to make um you know that i encourage you just to look at every reference about this one but i want to note two things because there is an ongoing monster in this one so we know what we're looking forward to we've got men of letters in this one which we're going to learn more about and that's exciting the men of letters have been protecting the world we're getting a new story we're getting more about the men of letters and you and i have said before they missed something there. What was it? And we know 15 years ago at this point, the men of letters disappeared. So mm -hmm. it was in 56, I believe the men of letters go. So, you know, there's, there's things happening in this show that are exciting to me. Um, the Akrita are the going to be the big bad, um, um, a force that is not of this world. And they've for centuries, they've tried to invade and the men of letters, stop them. Men of letters are gone. We know at least in America, the men of letters are gone. Um, the other thing I did want to note was one line in this episode, and I was trying to to find it here. Um, and it was a line of dialogue. Um, there's two lines that I loved in this. This is a normal night for you. Yeah, since I was a kid. Well, we know what that's going to be like for Dean. But this one got me. And I think it got a lot of people. Um, and it's the fact that there's a question of hunting that is brought up. And ultimately, it comes down to the line of, do all hunters have such rough beginnings? The only, the only thing worse than how it starts for a hunter is how it ends. And we know this. And the line hits so hard. That's a callback in a way, but it's just, quite frankly, a great line. So I thought this had you know a few corny moments that maybe we didn't need. Uh, it's a CW show. I'm going to give it a grain of salt and expect some corny from time to time but um yeah i i love that line uh the only thing worse than how it starts for a hunter is how it ends we know this to be true um and that's where i think if you watch the show as a supernatural fan and not like not a supernatural fan i'm just watching this show and it looks interesting that that line hit me i gotta say yeah and we and we know how two of those four hunters go out Right. So it'd be interesting to see how Lada and Carlos uh, meet their demise, Chris. Uh, another interesting line, uh, you know, we're talking about callbacks to Supernatural. Um, John is revealing to Mary how he finds her, right? Because they have the night in the bunker. They don't exchange phone numbers. So John shows up to this, you know, outside of this, this store and he sees Mary and Mary goes, how did you find me? And John says, well, tracking people in the Marines was kind of my job. 
And I thought, ooh, that's such a smart line, Chris, because what is John notorious for? For tracking yellow eyes, right? Like his journal, we just saw this in season four, episode three in the beginning. His journal, Dean has, what, 20 pages worth of locations of, of where yellow eyes is. So I thought that was really smart. They've never actually married John's marine experience with his supernatural hunting experience. And that was the perfect way to do it. And it's one line of dialogue, Chris. That's it. And then they leave it and they move on to the next scene. But I thought that's such a smart way to integrate his skill set um, with his future as a hunter. And just to, you know, just to circle that back, Chris, John's mission in life really is to protect people. And I love that parallel because I think Dean himself, just, you know, maybe at first he didn't really want to be a hunter. At some point, he fully embraces like born to do. John even mentions that he fakes his dad's signature to get into the Marines early. I mean, who does that? Who who fakes uh, in the Vietnam War, of course, which is arguably one of the you know worst wars America. I mean, all war is bad, Chris, but you know that was an unwinnable war, and John Winchester went in years early to serve his country. So John's whole thing is protecting people that he loves. I mean, he even sacrifices himself for Mary. Um, uh, against the Lugaru. He barely knows this girl, but he's willing to risk his life to put hers before his. I mean, this guy is, he's destined to protect the ones he loves. And I, it's really admirable. I really love that quality about John. Yeah. And I do want to note Lugaru, not Ruguru, because I heard Ruguru in my head because yeah. teaser guys, Ruguru is, Ruguru is coming to the show uh, yeah. if when you listen to the next episode. So what that's going to be the monster of the week. Um, but uh, Lugaru being a different thing. And they, I love that the Lugaru is a watchdog from the Men of Letters. Like, I yeah. thought that's cool. Like, we just left a Lugaru down there to protect this. Like, really? Like, like that, that's, that's ridiculous. They're not hunters, Chris. They're, they're certainly not hunters. No, they are definitely not hunters. Um, you know, I want to wrap this up on a, on a on a note of what we think is coming. I mean, we one thing we know is coming is more characters, uh, more references, some some mm-hmm. some some old but new faces in the sense of much younger. Um, we know we've got a younger Samuel coming, a younger looking, no, not younger technically, but younger looking certainly than his uh, predecessor, which you know that's an actor thing. You can only do what you do. Um, but I think we can look forward to a lot more unique monsters of the week. That's one of the things I think we can look forward to. I think they're going to dig into that a little bit more. Um, you know, I, I, and I think that catalog of monsters is awesome. So that's exciting to me. I also think when it comes down to it, we are also going to look at a lot more men of letters. It's clear to me. Men of letters is going to, history is going to be explored I don't think we're going to go too far and I because I think it's going to be a very clear choice. I think we can get too much point where it's like we're going to go discover all the things that, you know, the boys discovered. I think they discover that when they discover it, I, I think they're going to leave a lot of that to, to come. And I think they're going to visit a new path. I don't think we're going to get too much stuck in supernatural lore because if we get stuck in supernatural lore, it's going to be, to me, a hot mess. And uh, I think they have to live in the lore, but go their own path. I think they'll do it. I'm interested how they're going to connect the dots. And I'm just going to predict it. A lot of people might be right. There might be a memory wipe. There might be something at the end of this that however this ends, you know, he forgets. And if it's done well enough that Mary still knows or something else, you know, I don't have a problem with it. It just has to be done well. I don't care if it's the obvious end because sometimes the obvious end 
is the best end. I agree with you. Yeah, Chris, I think personally now, if we're, we're going to close with predictions here, I see a lot of people on Twitter asking the big question, right? And that's how this episode got started, which is who gave the letter to John? And I rewatched this episode three times, Chris. I have seen the pilot three times now. And I went back and I wanted to see what does John say about the person that gave him the letter? And he says, a man I've never met before gave me this letter. Then he just disappeared, vanished, right? And he's got this letter and he's got a key to the men of letters bunker. And now a lot of people are saying it's Dean. I don't personally think it's Dean. We saw the, the car. We saw the license plate, Chris. You actually pointed this out to me. I think you and I are both in agreement that Dean is telling this story from heaven. Yeah. Now he's, he's on the highway. He's, he's writing in a book. Like you said, I'll pick the music. I think we both agree on that, that he's telling the story from heaven. I don't think he's going to get involved in that. Now, I don't know. I don't have any insider information here, Chris, but again, we just rewatched season four, episode three in the beginning. The one detail that really stuck out to me, Chris, was that Mary in that episode, when Dean is confronting her, when he does go back in time, Mary has a bracelet with a men of letters charm on it. Now, this show, as you said earlier at the top, is 13 months later from that episode. My personal theory is that the men of letters are going to get involved. They're going to help them defeat the Akrita. And that if there is some sort of memory wipe, Chris, I personally think Mary is going to keep the experiences that she has in the Winchesters that's going to carry on through supernatural because we know that the events in season four, episode three has to happen. Yellow eyes has to bleed into Sam's mouth. That has to happen. Right? So there are some things that are absolute fixed points in time. And I think the men of letters are actually going to play a pretty big part in this story in helping to defeat the Akrita because they're the only ones that have been able to take them down for centuries. And we know this, they tell us that in the pilot, now, whether that means John has to get his memory wiped to save the world, I don't really care. I agree with you. If that's what they have to do, that's what they have to do. Um, the Akrita is an interdimensional monster, man. They really just kicked this thing up like 10 notches. You know, they say they want to take out demons, monsters, humans. They don't care. They are interdimensional. They are universe conquerors. If the men of letters have taken them down before, we have to imagine that's how they're going to take them down again. So, that's my personal theory. I teased that out on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, Chris. Um, so I had to spill that here. Now, I think the men of letters are going to play a really pivotal role in this, whether that's Henry Winchester, whether that's Samuel Campbell, having some kind of insider information. I don't know that yet, but I have to think the men of letters are the key to uh, ending this series and carrying it into Supernatural to keep that canon. I think Henry Winchester actually will show up. I don't think he's completely gone. And I say that because there's the line in the episode that we just covered say hello to your old man if he happened to yes. come up come back any time in between that time span that line can still make complete sense he came back we don't know everything um mm -hmm. happened in between or after to all the gaps here but i will say i think so and then i did you mentioned the license i just want to point this out to everybody the license at the end is the same as it is in season one season two the license changes season 15 in heaven the license is back to season one license and they likely just did this at that point as a callback it was a rough 15 15 season was rough just to film and they had to not do a lot of things so that probably was originally just a nice callback but if 
that's the case. This is that that license plate. There's only a few spots where this hypothetically takes place. And if he's come to realize, I want to tell this whole story because hypothetically he's talked to his dad at that point, you know, and I just want to fill in the gaps for you. He's a he's a godly narrator, I guess. But if that's the case, I think it's possible. There's going to be a lot of theories. We could be wrong on all of this. And I can't wait to see whether we're right or wrong. Uh, I will say I hope that you will come along for the ride with us and come back and watch Supernatural with us if this is your first time listening. Um, we are recording this right now off the cuff. If there's little glitches, errors, whatever, I'm going to apologize, but I'm not doing any real editing on this. I'm dropping this because I really want to just get this out there for you to listen to. Um, and I'm going to ask you if you're interested, come on over and uh, go back on the hunt with us because uh, our next uh, episode, we're actually going to be dealing with we have a Rougarou, not a, not a Lugaroo or, or a Duderu or anything. You know, I, I didn't, how many, how many names can you come up with? Like, seriously, what mythology person was that bored that they just kind of at one point took one of the other names from the other one and changed a few letters? Seriously. <laughs> um, I'm excited. I'm excited. That's my takeaway from all this. I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, it's worth watching. And, and honestly, that's all I wanted. So, um, what about you? Uh, will you be back for 13 episodes? Absolutely. Yeah. I was reading an interview with Robbie Thompson, the writer, Chris, and he's adamant. Every interview I've, I've, I've read of his, he's adamant. He is not breaking any supernatural canon. To do that, you have to be a very creative, um, very determined uh, producer and writer. And if they say they haven't broken canon, I'm believing them, Chris. And so far, they have not. So, yeah, I will be yeah. watching every episode, breaking it down. If you're interested in our takes, uh, Chris, we're, we're watching at the, the perfect time. We're in season four. There's a lot of callbacks to this time period. So if you're interested in, in our takes, I'm going to be breaking down every episode of the Winchesters. I'll probably live tweet while I'm doing it. So if you're interested in that, check us out on Twitter. Check us out on Reddit. We're always trying to host discussions. And we want to feature your thoughts on the show, too. If you're rewatching Supernatural, let us know how you're finding it. Come find us. And I will just because you're you're in our clubhouse. We we welcome you in when you when you come listen to the show. I want to make a fun note to end the show, which was um, the fact that they find one of these houses. Um, I saw someone talking about this before. Um, yeah, but there's only one bunker. The the meta letters only had a bunker. But there's a line in the show, and I looked this up. Sam says the men of letters only had one bunker, but they have smaller outposts outposts all over the place so this is one of the outposts so now they've got an outpost it's not the bunker mm -hmm. i don't think we're going to see the bunker you know i i don't want to see the bunker the bunker discovery is going to come when the bunker discovery comes but the smaller outpost i think it's cool it still references and i i'm just excited so um everyone enjoy the show we're going to go back to our regular scheduled program and our next episode will deal with a little bit of a moral dilemma that we've kind of seen in the past and i think you both on you and I both are a little excited about this one a little bit more uh, than the last time we dealt with this in heart. So come listen to what we have to say, but um, that will be it for this recap, but we will be back because after all, we've got work to do.